on the air. Speaking of sports, happy Monday morning, gentlemen, Coach Al, The Wiz, Chuck. How was your weekend, guys? It was great. How was your weekend? How did you handle the adjustment with the uh, beautiful weather in the 70s? To this morning, it felt like the Klondike. Pretty cold. You wake up and you are cold, and yeah. by noon, it's 71 yeah. degrees. Yeah. And yeah. then by night, you're cold again. Cold again. Yeah. Transposition. Uh, big week for the Wiz. Getting married. To I am on bride, Friday. Emily. Friday and Saturday, we have the whole thing set up. It's like the Last Supper, like the Easter <laughs> Passover. It's Thursday, Al. Thursday bleeds into Friday. In the best of ways, yeah. it's not a complaint. Well, the Last Supper, yeah. you wish you were only paying for yeah, 12 yeah, or 13 yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I got something to tell you about suppers. And then the big event is is Saturday at, at Bear Creek, Barefoot. Yep. Bear Creek Mountain Resort in yeah. Pennsylvania. And the breakfast Sunday. So it's kind of like the Passover and, and Easter uh, but we're all looking forward to it. It uh, looks like you're going to dodge the rain, knock on wood. Hopefully, and, fingers uh, crossed. Clear and cold. Yeah, we'll take it. That's better yeah, we'll, than we'll, better we'll, than rainy. We'll, we'll take clear and cold. So you asked me how my weekend was. <laughs> I know that the podcasts are not uh, a framework for stories, but a, a fast story. I go to the cemetery. I say, I'm really going to chop this story. And uh, I'm talking to you, Coach, and uh, I've got a foot on the brake. The door open, and I'm ready to hop out. I don't realize I've got a foot on the brake. So I hop out of the car, the convertible, and get my canes. For those of you who don't know, I have a, a, a bit of a leg problem, so I walk with canes. And uh, there goes the car. There goes the car. And my first thought was, no, call out. <laughs> you live across the street from the cemetery. My first thought was, I can't catch this on my canes. So the canes... I got rid of like 30 feet away from it. Boy, I flicked them. Uh, and then I have a Herman Munster, Ava Rose kind of stumbling, bumbling walk. And I have to catch the car with my right hand, which I do, which pulls me up inside, let's call it the open door, that area. And, uh, and, and now it's on uh, tar. So it's going to go faster. It's off the grass. And uh, I have one diving leap. They hit the emergency brake with my right wrist, which is killing me today. And I hit it the whole time, mindful that you don't want to end up under the car on a missed attempt to hit the brake. Uh, or you just let it go and let it gain momentum and crash into the retaining wall, which is about 100 yards downstream. With all of that going on, I hear the roar of a Dodge Ram truck, a very nice gentleman named Mark, who comes volunteer fireman, who comes blistering. Uh, but I hope he doesn't run me over. I, you should hear the engine of one of those trucks uh, f- wide open. Holy Toledo. Saw the whole thing, and I said, well, what were you going to do? Help me? He goes, hell no, I was going to catch the car. <laughs> I said, no, that you would have. So uh, that was uh, – now, I don't get a call from my – so I put this out to our little family quarantine room, we call it, uh, which was born out of the quarantine period. And, and I don't get a phone call from any of my kids. Same kids, Al, I sent to the World Series. They're sitting in row three back in the day. You know, you know, they don't call and say, gee, Dad, are you okay? It's a harrowing experience you had there at the cemetery. I was almost in the cemetery That's for That's where I was going to thought oh, they might go. Oh, man, yeah. You know, nowadays with the millenniums, you're like, yeah, wow, you okay? You know, thumbs up, you okay? Yeah, that's it. Imagine that story being told to you. Well, it's after we got a full, you know, three paragraphs about how you how you were okay, and we got a the sarcasm. full breakdown. No, it's not sarcasm, but that's the. It's not like it was. Oh my god, scary situation. That's a scary it situation. It was like here's the whole text litany of, oh, litany. and I'm good. I'm sorry, I made it too so, long. Well, how about if they just said, "But Dad, at least you had a plot there." Yeah, a plot, <laughs> right? Ready to go. Wouldn't be going far if something went wrong. And if you're looking for an irony, I had the the black convertible right with me, which is way less horsepower by like 400 than the red little jet. If it's the red one, that car is in Belmar. It's over two ninety five. Yeah, forget about it. There's, there's no chance of catching that. Thing. I might have seen it go by plans oh, my house yeah, yeah. without a driver. Off, off, off your, off your canes. <laughs> you know what I mean. So, uh, well, the next stop at the cemetery was the mausoleum, the Lafferty mausoleum, where my mom said to me, "Slow down and watch what you're doing." You know, gee, mom, I'm here to water your mums. You know. Anyway. <laughs> Besides that, just yeah, a normal there, weekend. There's a normal weekend for you. We're, you know, dinner at the Capitol Grill is a great weekend. Hey, we're blessed. Uh, God bless America. I see that every week. And uh, great friends. And uh, you, you left the the excitement of the World Series. Uh, that takes a little getting over because there's just that 
that drought you had baseball every day and when you didn't have baseball you're looking forward to the next day you really carried you uh and what a hot bit of excitement for 17 games right and uh I, I, nothing really quite like it in sports history because nothing lasts 17 games of course you know so you really dug in and wore it. You loved it. You looked forward to it, the conversation. We talked about it last week, the buzz in town, to be in town per se, to drive through town and talk to people. They, I told you last week they thought the Red Jet was the Phillies-sponsored car. <laughs> <laughs> no. But would have made a great league car to parade. Do you miss it, Wiz, the oh, whole yeah. thing? I, I miss it a lot. It's uh, It felt like a month ago when I, this yeah. past weekend. when I, it, was, it was Friday night, and I said, wow, last Friday – you know, we had a uh, we had a whole thing set up. We got some, I think we got like some Chinese food. We had some wine open, watching the game up on Friday night. It was good, yeah. And uh, you know, that felt like it was gone now. And it was like, wow, that was just last week. It was such great energy and stuff. But, did Al and I miss the invite to the Chinese food and the wine? Well, you, you did. It was unfortunately just a a, pr- a private thing, but yeah. So this is what you have to look forward to, parents. If you're so blessed, you can send your kids to the World Series Row Three. Be prepared; you won't get an invite the next night when they have Chinese food. And or would you have make a diving save for your car and you put it out in the deck? Say, Dad, you okay? That's the world we live in. But he's a great kid. Oh well. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> it's defenseless. So, how was your weekend, Coach? Pretty quiet. Uh, watch watch the watch the whole lot of football and. Uh, All right, give me your top three impressions, college or pro. Let's not talk about Joel and Bead last night because we will. But uh, keep it football for a moment. Top three impressions from the weekend. Uh, Texas, we got Bo at 10, 10 15, by the way. Texas is a fraud. That you came said out. that a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and uh, they came through like we thought, but all yeah. the prognosticators were saying Texas was going to do this and that. When way. you say Texas, you're referring to? University of Texas football yeah, okay. team. Okay, I, I would have had the fraud stamp out on those guys the long back horns. in October. Um, yeah, I mean, Oklahoma, for sure, big Definitely. fraud. yeah. Uh, I'm going to get you two here now. Wiz is ineligible because he doesn't watch college football at all. Alabama now and then, right? Every now and then, yeah. Every now and then. Yeah. I mean, obviously I watch the playoffs, but yeah, I don't watch a ton of college football. I'm going to ask you guys, uh, and this is not going back to stump the coach, that that <laughs> utter unmitigated disaster, name a team that won the game, and they won the game by two touchdowns, that had a total of 146 yards offense. I think you're referring to the Hawkeyes. You got that, buddy. You from got Iowa. That. Iowa. How about that? How about that Big Ten boring slugfest, huh? Imagine that. 140 yards of offense, and you win the game by two touchdowns. Where does that leave Wisconsin? Was <laughs> In a bad spot. <laughs> it's a bad spot. The Chiefsheads are struggling this yeah. week, I guess. And Shiano loses once again. And if you listen to his postgame, you swore he's at 9-0. Got to listen to post game. We're, we're improving each week. We're getting better. We're good. We're ready. Just don't win. Yeah, Michigan State. Come on, you got to be kidding me. So that program's not yeah. off the start they thought at all. But uh, pro football, big game. well, not big game tonight. But are the Eagles going to maintain the uh, perfect record? Is the talk of the week? Um, Washington's got a sneaky, decent defense. I don't see it at all. I think the eleven points is uh, is cheap. Well, I'll tell you, you're talking about watching the football. I was telling Chad before we opened up today to watch Jalen Rager receive one punt yesterday and make about three moves and gain two feet and then watch Jefferson with one of the greatest catches you'll ever see. And I cannot watch Jefferson without thinking of Jalen Rager. No, you can't. I can't get that out of my mind. You see the catch, bud? I did. That catch was I, – I honestly don't know how he how he caught it. It, right. it, it. When it's in his hands, it looks like it has no chance to come down with it. Somehow it just stays in. I mean, it's one of the greatest catches you'll ever see. So strong. He has to be because yeah. the defensive man looked like he had two hands on it and Jefferson had one. And next thing you know, they rolled over and Jefferson's got it. Did you see the catch of the Notre Dame game? Notre Dame uh, – I, yeah. I did see that Navy. one. I did see that one. It was one, one of your – Pressed behind the defender's back, you press the ball to his, his shoulder blades, if you yeah. will, and keep it there. But now you have to come around with the ball, and he has big enough grip on it hands-wise, where after he presses it that way for it seems like forever, 
he just pulls the ball back out and shows it. But, I mean, there's no way this ball's completed. You know? well, didn't Notre Dame score 35 the first half and didn't score the yeah, second half? Yeah, it was a cre- – and I wasn't watching the game, um, but it ended up being very close onside kick and all that. But, uh, you know, does, is there any path for Bama – to get with two losses, is there any path, uh, coach, for them to get back into this? Well, thing? if I have the deciding vote, they don't ever get there. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't can't. think so. <laughs> Excuse me, I don't. They, I don't think so. With they two losses. can't play a team to get to the playoffs. LSU type thing. There's no matchup. I should have looked at this before the uh, before we started. That would have been everything I saw about asking prognosticators what their top four would be now and this and that and Bama yeah. was not mentioned. They were moving around TCU and Tennessee. Yep. Yeah, right off I the mean, yeah, right losses. now you have Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU, the only undefeated teams left. Okay. And will they there. really put TCU, TCU in? If they're undefeated, absolutely. Isn't yeah. that the yearly snub like last year, Cincinnati, that got blown yeah. out and didn't belong there? Yeah. Yeah, but like when you look at college football, we can say that about like every team – but the top two teams usually, where there's some aspect they really don't belong. Like there's always well, LSU there's just always beat Alabama, right? But most years there are two teams in college that just are leaps and bounds better than the remaining teams. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. So even if Ohio State's if you know a four seed one year, a lot of times that it it ends up not being great games. That one v four game, it seems like. Yeah, I always try to reach deep within and say, okay, Chuck, what was your point? Because you just confused a few people. I guess I should have been uh, articulated that differently. If a TCU runs the table, which it looks like they will, shouldn't the committee still have the right to say no? You you dilute this tournament, Cincinnati. We don't want you in. We know you're twelve and zero and all that stuff, but no, there, uh, Alabama with two losses is better than you TCU. Therefore, Alabama is going to be our fourth team. It's not going to happen, you know. No. If I mean, it was one should, loss with should. Bama, possibly, but right. not with two. Yeah, but like that's not the goal of college. Play. It's not to just like put a Bama in because they're Bama when you have a team that's undefeated and Bama has two losses. If Bama you know, is 0-1 to start the season then yeah. goes 11-1, and you know, different different situation. But when you have a TCU 12-0 and and Bama 8-2 and right now, if that's where it ends up, where they're 10-2, and they're gonna. They're, I think they're gonna put TCU in. So Notre Dame's definitely screwed as an independent because um, they're uh, with three losses. Three losses. Yeah, they're done. One of them being to believe it or not. So they beat Clemson, get the stamp fraud out. They beat Clemson and they turn around earlier and lose to. Can you remember now? It's so long ago, back in September. Hmm. Good question. Why man. is it not jumping out at me? Was any help on this one? No idea. You're gonna have to look it up. Notre Dame schedules as, as I'm dragging here. We got to get Boa in two minutes. Um, I'm going to say, and Wiz will confirm it was. You're not going to believe this, Marshall. Yeah, Notre Dame lost to Marshall, 26-21 at home. Marshall in South Bend at the Mecca. I remember you bringing that up when it happened because yeah. Marshall's the team that uh, playing portal back portal. Quarterback, kid's yeah. fifth year. He's sensational. And with a really hot quarterback, anything's possible if the rest of your talent's decent, right? Um, so uh, that 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 was a, it was a, a crazy weekend. Uh, Ohio State, to me, doesn't look like world beaters. What do you think? No, not as much as that we thought they were. See, when these teams start off the first three or four games and they're 40 and 45-point favorites, it's tough to gauge when they really get into better competition. yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's um, – so if you had a pick right now, forget the top four. Just give me your winner of the uh, the whole shooting match if you had a pick right now. I'll tell you who I enjoy. Wa- I enjoy watching Tennessee. they got a lot of great athletes and so forth. It'd be neat to see them jump up there. But did, didn't they just fraud up two weekends ago against Georgia, right? They weren't even a game. Georgia made them look silly two weekends ago, right? Yeah, Tennessee just has so many great athletes. And uh, Josh Heupel, I think I was telling you, I, I think he's a great coach. It's going to be. Yeah, I just don't like it when a team's all revved up. And well, I don't up. see anybody beating Georgia if you want to just come right yeah, down that, to that. Yeah, that's where we're that's at That's what here. it seems yeah, like. This is Georgia's year, right? Which it shouldn't be off of last year being Georgia's year. Well, it's because Bama didn't come back this year. Bama didn't yeah. come back. I mean, who was going to challenge Georgia? had to be Alabama. And you can say Ohio State. Ohio, look at Ohio State scores; they're pretty good. But I don't know how they're. You and I, hey, took Ole Miss in our group we did. with the points. Yeah, we uh, did. We had to work a little bit, but it looked like the right side to be on. And I also took uh, 
off of a big win, how do you not take whoever LSU plays? How do you not take them? Plus, they were getting three and a half points. And I got to tell you, when you talk about a team that's a dog team that can't move the football, Arkansas, man, that you could put them in prime time and dress them up. And if they have to get 300 yards of total offense, they're just not going to do it, Coach. I don't care what they do, how big it is. I don't, you know, they, they just, you know, so, uh, hey, for right, Cowie guys, to sorry come to, back. Sorry to interrupt here. Looks like we have Boa on the line here. Yeah, Boa on. Boa, are you with us? Yes. Awesome. What's, how are you today? Good. How are you? Coach, good to talk to you. Have you come down from that high yet? I know it was a big disappointment at the end, but, man. Yeah, it, it was a fun ride. You know, everything fell into place, and, uh. We played pretty good. We couldn't get it done, but uh, <clears throat> got to be happy the way everything unfolded at the end. Yeah, I mean, what energy. Uh, I, I got a question for you. I think <coughs> we, we may have actually before. When you were <clears throat> in that stadium and feeling the pulse, um, yeah. the buzz, the vibe, the whole thing, you played in many different arenas where it was crazy insane. But everyone's saying that we took it to a new level. It certainly felt that way the few games I was at. But could you say for sure that you felt something uh, during our home games that was just unprecedented, that this is just a crazy vibe I've never felt before? Yeah, I mean, you could feel it. I mean, they had, they brought the energy every night. Uh, the only one I could probably equate it to maybe was Houston in right. the 80s. Right. Because it was a dome stadium oh. and the noise couldn't, couldn't get out. But uh, as far as an outdoor stadium... Uh, you know, people say uh, yeah, there's no home field advantage in, in baseball, but <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely thought there was Yeah, yeah. during the playoffs this year. I, I really did. Yeah, it, it makes you wonder when a game's on the line and, and the fans are going, they're just acting, you know, hysterical, it's nuts. It makes you wonder, does it diminish the skills of a very good player? You know, you're up there 0-2. First of all, a guy's throwing 100. That'll diminish skills real quick. But then you got this noise factor. Does it just kind of vibrate your inner sanctum where you're just not as talented or skilled at that moment because it's seemingly impossible to perform? You know, it, it just feels that way. I just think it, it affects your concentration. Right. I mean, I don't think the noise, to the, for the most part, you, you say, oh, my God, it's noisy. But I think your concentration level sort good, of goes down because, good point. Good because point. Of, the, of the noise that's coming out. I mean, it helps. I think it goes both ways, though. Now, when you're the home team, I think it increases your concentration. Yeah. And the visitor, I think it diminishes it. Yeah, you articulated that much better than I did. I think that's what I wanted to say. You said it the right way. A uh, couple things that went on, notably four things, <clears throat> and I realize with respect, I'm going to then give the mic over to the guys here, but four things I had, and I realize you can only be so candid here, and I respect that, but... If we could just coach here, I know you're always coaching as you're watching. Syndergaard starting the fourth inning when everybody talked about three innings. I know he pitched effectively. Uh, when you saw him in the fourth inning, was there any hesitancy you had to say, uh, you know, we have the everybody rested, uh, the whole committee's re- ready, uh, let's turn it over versus turn over that Houston lineup, especially as hot as Pena was. Uh, did you have any regrets when you saw him going to the fourth inning? Not really. I, I really didn't. I think that, uh, you know, he's been, he pitched very well for us in those spot starts, or, or they call them openers, whatever you want to call them. Right. Uh, his pitch count wasn't really high. Um, you know, and the way Rob was using his pitchers, I thought did it, he did a tremendous job there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I would have let him go, I think. Uh, but again, that's, you know, that's hindsight, you yep. know, but but at the time, I, I had no problem with it at the time, to be honest. Yeah. I really didn't. Okay, of the four, three scenarios are definitely hindsight. You know, if it works out, it looks great. If not, it doesn't. And and one's more of a strategy. So maybe hop to the, 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 the strategy next. The one <laughs> thing I couldn't understand, and uh, uh, Harper batting fourth bugged me big time. Uh, because, for for instance, and I know these circumstances aren't identical, but just to draw a comparison, Judge and Trout have played 2,000 Major League Baseball games and batted fourth 11 times. That's just not where you see 
the best player batting anymore. Now, in a you know a 1976 Reds lineup where the first three guys are on base, you know, 376, you know, maybe not as critical. But to a lineup that's suffocating from offense, uh, except for the home run balls, I just couldn't understand Harper in the four hole uh, with guys in front of him batting 156. I, I just, I just think you stack your offense to get something going. Uh, thinking that if you get Schwarber and Harper on with one out, it makes the guys in back of them better hitters because you just have less, you know, opportunity well, to pitch around. I, I I agree with with what you just said. I think the one thing that made Tomps so popular, or I shouldn't say popular, so respected, I should say, in that clubhouse was he was very consistent with his lineup. He mm-hmm. did that, especially at the top. You know, there were there were some adjustments he made at the bottom when there was a left-handed pitcher. But for the most part, I think those players like that consistency. They like the fact they know who's hitting in front, who's hitting behind. And I'm not saying that if we started the season tomorrow that, that he would go with that lineup again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think at the time, he thought there was a lot of continuity in that lineup, and he felt there was a lot of confidence throughout the clubhouse putting the same lineup out there. But I understand your point. I mean, um, you you know, I personally, I want my best hitter to hit in the first inning. I mean, yeah, they can give me a one nothing lead uh, in the top of the first or bottom of the first. Uh, he's going to probably get an extra bat at the end. But, you know, but like I said, I think, the, the the pros for Tom's was he had the trust of that that entire clubhouse and and they liked that that continuity they liked knowing who's hitting hit where and who's hitting yeah. behind him so yeah when, yeah I get you when, when, when you say uh, you know go with the horse that, that brought you but when he left in June with the injury the unfortunate injury he was right. batting third. He right. comes back to four. So when we talk consistency, isn't there a bit of a paradox in there, Bo? On yeah, there, there is. There is. But I think, in, in, in fairness to all this, I think at that time when he was hitting three, I think who was hitting four? Uh, was it was it uh, Rio Muto? Yeah, yes. they had JT, and then and then they had uh, Castellanos. Castellanos. Right. And I think and I think that uh, that Tom thought, and I thought he was too. I thought Castellano swung the bat better going down the stretch. Mm-hmm. I did. I know that the numbers don't see it. I'm just looking at at his swings, at his bats, and so I think he felt like he's going to be okay to protect Harp. I, I don't know who really in that lineup. I mean, you could pick anybody yeah, to hit could. after Harp because yep. when you're when he's hot like that, it doesn't matter who's coming up next. <laughs> most most managers do not want to let him beat you, and uh, but I think that was his this train of thought there. Castellanos was swinging the bat better. That's why we moved uh, we moved everybody up a notch, and and, and Real Muto was in third, Harp four, and Castellano five. Right. Uh, okay, let's move it along here to Wheeler. Uh, it, I'm watching right there, <clears throat> and won't dive into the stats, you know, versus right-handed versus left-handed, but in a sense, loyalty-wise, wasn't it Wheeler's game to lose right there? Can't can't you let him? Finish that out. He's throwing ninety eight. He, he was throwing good, man. Dear, he, I, it, he was throwing as good as I seen him. There's yep. no question about that. Especially the last month. Uh, my, my philosophy on that is, we were up one nothing, and the worst scenario I thought would, would happen because I think if, if Tom's could probably redo it, I understand what he was thinking. He mm-hmm. wanted to strike out. Yeah, strike out. And and. But Wheeler can get you a strikeout. He can get you a ground ball and get you a fly ball. And the hitter coming up wasn't crushing the ball, but he had he had good at bats. I mean, this guy is a good hitter. So he was looking for the strikeout. He didn't get it. He gave up a home run. But personally, I probably would have let Wheeler go until the worst scenario there probably would have been 1-1 one, one tie. 1-1 one, one tie, yep. Yeah, he only had 70 pitches, I think, 71. 71 pitches. Right. I, I thought he was throwing the ball well. But, again... You know, every move that Tom's made, with the exception of uh, Alvarado going down the stretch there, he's, he had a lot of success. And Alvarado, hey, you got to give the guy credit. Uh, he had a fastball that he crushed it. He did and, crush uh, it, didn't he? That ball yeah, but down. personally, I, I, I thought Wheeler, that's the best I've seen him throw, especially from when, once he came back. Yeah, 
JT went out of his way to make that clear because you don't hear professional catchers use right. lightning bolts. Okay. That told you all you needed to know about yeah, his he was, action. Yeah, he was exceptional. He was I thought healthy. he was exceptional. And when Marshy yep. comes up there first and third, you got a young guy, the Presley's filthy. You know, it's kind of a mismatch, first and third, one out. Isn't that, and I know this is hindsight, but but let's not make it hindsight proactively. Isn't that just a great spot to give him strike one to use the foul line? If it's foul, it's foul. But if it's fair, safety squeeze, you got your run. Wouldn't that have just been a great matchup to, to, to let him yeah, try yeah, I mean, one? Yeah, that, that, I mean, that's a great strategy. There's no question about that. Um if you look at Marshy's numbers since he came over here, they're they really they're on the the rise. There's yep. no question. Yep. I mean, he did a great job, and, and uh, I, I really believe that. I'm sure that went through Thompson's mind. You know, mm-hmm. um, that 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 play is a play that if you get the bunt down, a decent bunt, you're going to get a run. There's no question. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but the play that bothered me more than anything, it had nothing to do with manager's moves it had nothing to do with anything is uh when pena got the base hit up oh, the middle 50 hops that to me see old school guys you, you you squeeze the middle and play for a double play exactly that's a that's a routine double play ball yep. back in the day it's yep. not even it's not even uh, oh i wonder what if he'd have got that right but because of the analytics and positioning players the shortstop was over a little bit and that ball trickled through. Yep. So if you really want to analyze Wheeler's outing, that could have been an ending-ending double play, and uh, the guy doesn't even hit that inning. That's, that's three outs. Yeah, that's a great point last and, week. But, but, but those little things that people don't understand, and to me, and this is not knocking analytics, they don't understand when a guy's got exceptional stuff. Right. There's not a lot of guys that pull him. I mean, if it's pulled, it's going to be a very weak ground ball where the third baseman can go over and make it. Yeah. Uh, but to me, that was the key play for me. I, I don't I don't care about the strategy. Right. When that ball was hit, I went double play, yep. still one to nothing. Yep. And the ball went in the center field, and obviously Altuve goes third. Yep. That changes the whole mindset of the manager, pitching <laughs> coach, everything. But nothing was said about that in articles or anything because, you know, so the analytics, they give you these these charts, and they basically put a lot of time into it, and, that, and they thought that we, we the shortstop was in the right position. We dove in, <laughs> we dove in last week in depth on that play, and what Chad showed was the spray charts, uh, to paraphrase Chad, that showed why they were playing him middle to pull. Uh, what we countered back to Chad was Wheeler's throwing 98, so forget right. the spray yeah. charts. Mm-hmm. To your point about analytics, game feel—you got to be playing him up the middle there, and and, and on the cool. same sequence. And I hate to jump on a guy I really like Reese Hoskins a lot. I hope they keep him, but it wasn't a real good stretch at first base, Bo. It, it was like a three-quarter stretch instead of a full layout where you're. Oh, you're talking about Altuve's uh, uh, yeah, play yeah. Ball. Hoskins yeah. just yeah. doesn't give you much on that, you know. Right, right. And I, in all fairness, the. Uh, you know, Hoskins and Bobby Dickerson, those guys work every day. And so it's hard to get on a player, whether it's offensively or defensively, if you see the work put in every day. Mm-hmm. And they work every day. So, you know, that's just the way it is. You're not, you, yep. I don't think Haas is ever going to be a gold glover. No. <laughs> but I do think he's improved uh, he, and he has a long way to go. Now, that being said, we're going back to the analytic part of it. You made a statement about a guy's throwing ninety eight. They don't put that into consideration when they're doing this analytics stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, he might have a bad day. A guy might go from ninety eight to ninety four, and now you say well, your eyes tell you he doesn't have that good stuff. I'm going to shade this guy to pull. Right. Or your eyes might tell you in Wheeler's case, man, he's got great stuff tonight. I'm going to shade up the middle here. But again, the computer doesn't say that when it comes. That doesn't say, oh, if he has good stuff, play him here. If he doesn't have good stuff, play him here. And that's, to me, what the negative is on that. Because players are not the same every day. Exactly. They have personal problems. They have small ailments that they don't reveal to the manager, coaches, training staff. People don't understand that part of the game. And that is human element. 
And until they figure out to get the human element, you know, they're going to have these people questioning why was he there? Why wasn't he there? And it's just, like I said, your eyes, if you've been in baseball a long time, your eyes and your gut tell you a lot about what you see and what you've seen in the past in the sky pitching or what maybe he came to you and said, man, I didn't get any sleep last night. My wife just had a baby. Right. I was up for uh, five hours from yep. three in the morning till mm-hmm. seven in the morning. That, that is never put into the computer. <laughs> exactly. And there's so many human elements involved. You're playing every day. You're not playing once a week. You're playing every single day. And that's the part that annoys me a little bit is that the human element isn't involved in all these decisions. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely accurate. And and when you talk about decision-making based on game feel, here's a stat. Uh, I don't want to embarrass you here, but here's a stat that proves that. I would imagine at your prime, and you were quick, and Turner had a foot race. I would imagine Trey Turner beat you. I think you'll probably. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, I admit that. Yeah. yeah. How about this stat? So take Trey Turner right now. There's something called, not to bore you to death, but something called an RF9. That's range factor over nine innings. Pretty simple uh, metric. And Turner career is a 3.66. Bogarts is 3.74. Larry Boa, based on feel, knowledge, game, slower than Turner, maybe not Bogarts, was a 4.80, guys. So Boa is a full point. Higher than those two guys, and I think he's going to tell you because I think he told me this at lunch one day that that's knowing Carlton. I mean, he had yeah. Schmidt alongside of him that's going to take his fair share of ground balls, and he's still a full point higher than other guys who play shortstop that are great shortstops. Yep. That's hard to reconcile. That's, that's a lot of game feel. That's that's instincts right there. It really is. I mean, look. Yeah, yeah. Because I tell you right now, I just watching Turner. I mean, I thought I was fast. Uh, Turner, Turner to me takes it to another level. Uh, but I mean, those, those stats that, that again that that's shocking for me to, to hear that. Yeah. And and so then if you equate everything uh, and, and just say that I was playing today, then my numbers would be higher than Turner's, which is hard for me to, yeah, to understand. That's that. absolutely but, true. But again, but again, but but like you said, it's instincts, it's gut feeling. No, no one had to tell me when when Carlton was pitching or uh, somebody that was overpowering how to play certain hitters. I mean, we had a spray, we called it a spray chart. Right. And we looked at the spray chart and I would look at, I wouldn't look at the same spray chart when maybe Larry Christensen was throwing and Carlton was throwing. I would take Carlton's and look at his. And that's the difference. I think now we just throw everything into the computer. I I would like to see all, and I know there's, it's a small, probably no sample, but all wheelers, pitches against a, a guy like Pena, which I'm sure there wasn't any because he's a rookie, but that's the kind of stuff that I think should be brought out, yeah. especially when you're playing each other in the National League. I don't care what uh, what Joe Schmo hits off of uh, Aaron Nola or where he hits the ball. I want to see what he does sure. off of Wheeler. Absolutely. And, you know, and I think if they break it down even farther like that, I'm sure they do in some instances, but for the most part, it's one size fits all. Let's do it this way. Just to complete that crazy boa statistic, it gets even better. So, you know, players age. Obviously, the legs start to go, certainly before 30, right. 37 years old. That's not prime right. 37. You go to the Cubs. This is more remarkable. You go to the Cubs, Bo. Is people mm-hmm. think think we're related? But we're not related, right? We're not related. Okay. No, we're not related. No, no, no. In fact, I, these numbers you're giving me, I've never even you're right, you're right. seen them. You gave me numbers before, and, yep. I, and when I look at them, I'm like, wow. Yeah, yeah, he Maybe was. It was decent, yeah, you know? it was funny. But this was crazier. You go to the Cubs. You're 37 years old, and one of the threshold for a lot of chances is 700 like like ozzy had 900 once and ripkin right. so that's crazy okay yeah, that, that, yeah, there's yeah. only a handful of 800s you had uh 700 chances five times jeter wow. did it twice but at 37 years old wow. Bo, Bo has 705 chances for the cubs at 37 which is almost 
you can't. It's a. It's got to be a tougher infield in Chicago. Half the year, it's a frozen. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it seven hundred five yeah. chances. So you can't say, oh, because he played in Philly with Carlton, right. he took advantage of that, and da da da. da. Right. No, actually, in Philly, Schmidt took a good amount of his chances away, and then at thirty seven, yep. you're still doing that, Bo. That's just an unbelievable hats off to what a sensational shortstop you were. Uh, I mean, I've said it before. It's Ozzy you defensively. Yeah, well, and, you know, I would. I, I appreciate that. And you know, and again, if you don't bring these numbers up to me, you know, if people ask me about my career. I said I think I had a good career, considering I never got drafted oh, yeah. and played high school. But on the other hand, when you show me these numbers, I'm going, man, I didn't know that. Right. I didn't know that because <laughs> you gave me some other numbers that I, I looked at. Well, we had dinner one time, and right. I was astonished at those numbers. But, you know, the game is played by numbers now, more so than when I played, obviously. And when these free agents come out, uh, obviously they look at war, and, and as you said, first step. But, uh, you know, I, I look back at, at my career, and if those numbers were then, then maybe I would have been drafted. I don't know. Right. Uh, you know, I, it's hard for me to determine – you know, like right now, there's a bunch of short stuffs coming out, and I, I say you can't go wrong with any of them that you get, right. in my opinion. Right. Uh, to me, Turner's probably because of his offensive abilities and and his ability to hit anywhere in the lineup, probably a step ahead or maybe a little bit ahead of the others. But you could throw all those guys into a hat and say, "Hey, I'm going to take this guy," and you'd have a you'd have a much better infield whoever you pick. I'm gonna turn it over to Chad. Thanks, Bo. Yeah, uh, I mean, okay. on on that on that note of the shortstops, kind of where I kind of wanted to go with it, and I mean, you look at the numbers. Yeah, they're all very similar, and Turner's definitely the most popular name you hear when right. you know just slightly ahead of the rest. Uh, I don't. In my personal feel, if I could, if I could choose, I think Carlos Correa would be an awesome fit um, for, right. for this team. I don't know if he'll get. Necessarily less money than a Turner because he may, he made he's already making thirty five million, Oof. but and you think Turner will probably get the highest highest deal, but Cray's a little younger. He, I think he just turned twenty eight. I think he'd be an awesome addition. I mean, I assume that moves you move uh, you know start to second base, yeah, right? And then you right. kind of roll with the, uh, the with with the team that way. But I really think any one of those guys you pick up would be a, a huge move. And it looks like the Phillies are, are going to get one out of the four. That's where it seems to be leaning based on what we're reading right now in the media. Yeah, it sounds like that we are. Again, uh, this is preliminary stages right now. I do know that there's a uh, history with the Boston shortstop and, and Dave. Okay. And yep. uh, so I don't know which way they're going to go. I'm, I'm sure that the, according to the articles I read and just talking with, with Dave uh, periodically, you know, I don't think they want to blow up the bank on this. Mm-hmm. they're going to have to pay whoever they get. But there's going to be one or two guys probably get a little bit more because I think, you know, talking with Dave, when I talked to him, this was before the playoffs started, he really emphasized pitching. He wanted to get more pitching. And not that he's not going to get a shortstop, but pitching was like right up there with what he wanted to try to do to improve our team. Is Painter a mid-year guy? He could get up, Bob. Is he a full he, Yeah, Payne, <laughs> let me tell you something. The way Dave Dombrowski is. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't shock me. Again, this is the odds aren't great. If this guy came in and had an unbelievable spring, I could see him being a five starter to, just to take care of the innings early and uh, and dominate. If he comes in and dominates in spring training, which I'm sure that he's going to be at the top of his game, but he's close. I'm going to tell you right now, he's now, real close. Now you saw him a few times last year, correct? You saw Peter. Yep. His uh, strikeout to his pitch ratio is like almost two to one. It's insane. You just don't see. He's it. unbelievable. Yeah. He's yeah. got great stuff. Two, wow, one point five six ERA over one hundred and three innings this year. Man, how absurd! And as a starter, thirteen point five strikeouts per nine. Just that's insane. He's he's a real deal, barring any injuries. Uh, yeah. and before, this guy's at the top of the top of the rotation guy. Before I turn it over to Coach Al, I just got to get your reaction to this. When San Diego bunted for the second out. And Hater wasn't in that game. Were you absolutely astonished at what you were looking at? I, I was shocked. Yeah. I was shocked. I was thinking. I, of I could not believe it. I was thinking. And, you know, people say that uh, Melvin uh, will always protect his players. I, I don't know to this day. Maybe he said, 
they tried to go for a base hit, but that looked like a sacrifice to me. He sure did. And and I'm sure that if he did it on his own, I'm sure Bob tried to <laughs> take the heat off him and yeah, and uh, and basically tell him, hey, I put it on. But I was shocked. And again, nothing against. I first of all, I didn't like the strategy. But when you have Nola's brother coming up, who's got one hit the whole series. <laughs> now you got Machado coming up for somebody like that. I'm saying, yeah. well, yeah. maybe. Right. But with with Nola coming up, I, I just said I don't understand that move. But again, I didn't understand the fact that Hader was left in the bullpen either, and that's that's another story. But, yeah, he's got to live with both those calls. They're yep. both yep. U- ugly, ugly calls at that spot, man. I mean, everybody. No we're all texting in our group saying, "Here comes Hader." Yeah, you know, oh, man, that was just. I was watching him warm up. I was, wa- and I said, in fact, I was sitting with Charlie Manuel. I said, "Well, th- he's not going to pitch to so this guy. Hader's coming in." <laughs> and we kept waiting, and then the pitching coach went out, and I went, "Whoa, I guess he's not." Yeah. So, and, uh, so you and Charlie sit alongside each other. Do you agree more often than you disagree? Because you're both coaching a game. Let's face it. Uh, right. do, do you guys think alike a, 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 a lot, or do you guys Mo- push back a lot? No, most of the time we're pretty much on the same page because, okay. as the people that are running baseball now, the analytic people, they think we're old school. So <laughs> right, right. we call it baseball school. I don't call right. it old or new. I just call it baseball, baseball school. school. Coach Al. Well, Bo, Coach Al, good morning. Good morning. They've taken a lot of my information here. That's okay, <laughs> sounds sounds yeah. like maybe you and Chuck could do a book deal. It sounds like <laughs> yeah. very promising there. But to get back with Alvarado coming in, and Rob made a lot of great decisions all year. But based on when him coming in with first and third and one out, I think the tendency, he's a lot better off starting an inning for the factor that when he came the time before that facing Alvarez, he hit him in the back, and then he had right. a couple wild pitches. Right. So I think as a, a hitter, you're probably going to be sitting on that fastball more because with men on first and third, you don't want the possibility of throwing those couple pitches in the dirt. Right. I agree. Uh, uh, and, it, and, it went, one, and his best pitch going down the stretch was his cutter, and there's that chance that you spike the cutter and it goes back to the screen. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that was the reason for the fastball selection, and again, it turned out bad. But uh, you know, usually there's there's uh, there's answers why you didn't throw a certain pitch. And Alvarado, for the most part, hey, without him, we probably don't even get to the playoffs. But it just so happens he had two outings where things went didn't go his way. He hit, he hit, hit them the first time. There was no room for error in that game. He came in with the bases loaded, and then uh, the time that he picked up Wheeler here. Uh, he knew that first and third of the ball gets by. The ball gets by the catcher at all. Uh, Altuve probably scores. Uh, we have the shift on, so you figure Bohm's off the line there. He gets a good walk and lead. So there's so many things that went into that, why we call that pitch, I think. Another thing, Larry, if uh, Harper comes back, depending on whether he needs an arm operation or not, and he's okay to throw, what's your starting outfield for next year? So it's probably going to be Harp, Schwab, and uh, and Marsh, and then he'll rotate Schwab and uh, and Castellanos as DH. That's just my opinion. Uh-huh. Uh, and it give and obviously he'll give Harp blows. He won't let him play every day right away. You know, uh, then you can throw in if you want Haas as a DH. We got a lot of options there, uh, but I would say if we were starting tomorrow, this is just me. I would start the three guys I named and have uh, Castellanos as, as your DH. And the last thing, uh, if as of right now, if we get Turner or one of those other shortstops, is your infield Bohm, Turner, Stott, and, and Reese? Right now? Yeah, right now. That's how I would, how I would do it. And, uh, again, there's so many things that can change between now and first day of spring training. You know, the thing that sort of bothered me looking looking ahead right now is JT signing up for the World Baseball Class. This guy caught every inning of every Jeez, game. Really, man. And, and you've got to get ready early because this thing starts early, so he's going to want it bat in spring training early. Uh, again, I'm hey, he, I know he's a great athlete and everything. I just hope that they take care of him, whoever, when they put these lineups together for the World Baseball Class. They can say, man, this guy's been a horse. You might want to DHM some games in the World Baseball Classic because 
uh, it sort of scares me a little bit to see him start up right away. It's going to be it's a short off season as it is, and now it's going to be shorter with the World Baseball Classic. So uh, that'd be something to, for for all of us, especially in Philly, to watch. Yeah, does the Phillies Brain Trust uh, have any input there, Bo, with the people running the whole thing? You know, you know, I think they do to a certain extent. But like, you know, like Dave said, these guys are men. Yeah, uh, I think they'd be more of an impact on pitchers. Right, right. you know, they might yep. call up and say, "Hey, man, yep. my guy just threw 185 innings. I can't let him go out there and throw right out of the gate five innings or something like that." They can give their opinions what they think, but I don't think they ever try. I know Dave. I, I don't think he goes in there and says, I don't want you to go. First of all, right. I don't think you can do that. Right. And like you said, these guys are grown men. They know exactly what their body feels like. And it's an honor to play in the World Baseball Classic, but you also have to be smart. Yeah, about your career. Here's a stat we'll leave you with. So as we know, the pitching is just getting ridiculously talented skill. It used to be a couple hundred mile an hour uh, pitchers, and now you got a whole roster full of them with, with Houston. And you just wonder where it's going to cap off. It's not that they're getting – faster there's just more of them which makes it a nightmare which is why you have of 82 major league baseball players participating in postseason wait to hear this number bo uh 40 of them hit below 200 i mean talk about pitching dominant. wow yeah i mean and then then we take our harper who i think is morphed into the best player in the game i think if you take his two injuries away they're they're, they're like catastrophic injuries because, first of all, anywhere right. around the eye. So when you come right. back from that, he was 30 days where he was half of himself. And even a hand injury, you could see when he came back how digressed he was. If you take those two seasons' injuries away, I know you can't do that. The numbers that he would have put up both of those seasons and in the postseason with that pitching, he puts up three. And this is over 63 at-bats. It's, it's a big enough sample size. 349. 414, slug 746. That's more like slow pitch softball. 1.160 OPS. Bro, that's ridiculous to be yeah. able to do that damage offensively against that type of Elite pitch. pitching. Elite. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. He, was, he took it to another level. I would like to see him. Uh, I know when you play 162 games, there's risk of injury, but I like to see his numbers in our ballpark. At 150 plus games, right? Uh, no injuries, especially in the hands or or in the face, like he like he said he had. Uh, I mean, I could see this guy hitting 50 to 60. Him and Absolutely. Schwarber, yeah, hitting 50 to 60 home runs, being healthy, both of them. Yeah, no, no argument there. And he's a bargain now that the, all, all the other players are getting higher and higher. You know, Harper's contract is is economically very, very, uh, yeah. Pleasing to the Phillies, man. Dear, is he is he a bargain? Well, listen, Bo. I think you predicted this back in April that this uh, roster could get to a World Series. I'm pretty sure Larry Bo was saying. Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. I, but I, you know, if you'd asked me in June, I probably would have <laughs> reneged because because uh, of obviously, uh, if you look in the crystal ball and you say, "Well, Harper's not going to play the outfield; he's going to miss so many games," I said, "Well, we might be in trouble." But hey. Everybody responded. Everybody was pulling the rope the same way. And I'm sure Dave's going to go out and do what he has to do to, to make us get a step closer. I mean, you're two wins away from being a world champion. Yep. Uh, most of the team, for the most part, is coming back. I mean, there's going to be some changes in the bullpen, obviously, because there's free agents down there. Uh, Segur is still up in the air. But I'm, I'm sure that if, if we get a shortstop, that that would be uh, that uh, uh, Gene did a tremendous job for us here, and they just moved Stott over. And, you know, the other thing, if we don't, just say we don't get a short shot, uh, I don't know if you guys had a chance to see this guy. I've seen him play a little bit. Sosa's really, really oh good my God, yeah. at shortstop. Yeah, and if you take a look at what he hit in St. Louis, he played a whole lot of games. It was right around 270. Right. Uh, and I'm just saying, if you don't do a single thing and you don't get a shortstop, if we don't get a shortstop, we're going to get a lot of other things. But if we don't, I wouldn't even be hesitant to put Sosa at shortstop. As far as the defensive part of it goes, Stott at second. Because I think you would really be improving your team that way. But to have a guy like Sosa is a chip for you because he can play anywhere in the infield. He gives you good at-bats. He can run a little bit. That was a great pickup by Dave. It was. And uh, pe- people don't understand. I got to see this guy take his ground balls every day. 
his backhand moving right, moving left. Uh, he's, he's a special defender. So, I mean, don't, I, I don't want anybody to get discouraged if we don't. But I think just by reading articles and everything, we got a good shot at getting one of these. Again, we're going to have to see how this plays out. I'm sure everyone's going to wait to see where the chips fall for where Turner goes. No one's talking about Dansby Swanson either. This guy's a pretty good shortstop. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's going to be, it, you know, it's it Bogarts, Correa, Swanson, and and uh, and, and uh, who am I missing here? I missed three. Uh, Correa, uh, Bogarts, oh, Correa, and yeah. Turner. Right. It, you, you can roll the dice with any of them, to be honest. Yeah. One's going to be a little bit higher, and whoever the lowest paid one is, you're probably going to get a bargain there. Right. Because yeah. you can throw these guys all into a hat. And to me, they're all outstanding shortstops. The the one thing Turner does, and tell me if you disagree, I think Turner makes batting leadoff pretty obvious. And we yeah. reconstruct the lineup. And, and just a man, I know if, if, if. But, if, I mean, Schwarber did it against the toughest pitching in postseason, more so than Rickert. That's unbelievable. Hats off. So if he stays regular season productive as he did in the post, Harper doesn't get injured again. I do believe Castellanos comes back and becomes the 295 to 305 hitter that he was. I just thought it was kind of bizarre that he missed it. He did get better in the second half. I just think he comes back next year. He's too good a natural I, hitter. I, I do, too. I, th- I think what we saw in Castellanos was a, a, a new ball club. Yep. The atmosphere, obviously, different. He's not used to playing in crowds like this. Uh, the intensity of the city. I, I just think a lot of that. It goes into the first year when a guy gets signed as a free agent. The expectations were high. And I, I really think, as you said, this guy's a natural hitter. And uh, I think our offense is going to be just fine. Yeah, I, I can't imagine a Turner, Harper, Schwarber for the top three. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. And with the shift, throw Real Muto in there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And yeah. I think Bohm has really matured as a hitter. This guy's going to start hitting some home runs. It's going to be a nasty lineup to try to uh, navigate through, and hopefully it'll take some pressure off whatever pitcher we get, and of right. course Wheeler and Nola. I mean, if you go back and look at when Wheeler and Nola pitched, it seemed like I know it didn't happen, but it seemed like every game going in the fifth inning was one nothing or nothing nothing. <laughs> and it'd be nice for those guys to get three or four get runs ahead. early and let them. Yeah, exactly. isn't that the truth, man? Exactly. It just doesn't seem like we ever give those guys a three. I know it. It's, it's unbelievable. It's always competitive pitches into, into this. I know into the sixth inning. But uh, yeah, that would that would be uh, one heck of a lineup. And the last point, I know, last point, last point. But uh, Baum <clears throat> got better defensively. Yeah, and so did our shortstop, uh, Stott. Ho- Stott Hoskins. Is working as just as hard as those two, right? We, he, he didn't. No, take, no. He didn't go to the beach at three o'clock, right? Yeah. No, the Hoskins probably worked harder than all of them. Okay. I mean, this guy really wants to improve. Yep. And again, you know, you can't make a guy run faster. It's just like you're not going to make Hoss a Gold Glove, right? But I don't think there's a guy in that clubhouse, or even if if you work in the front office, if you watch uh, Hoskins' work ethic before a game, it's off the charts. And, and when a guy's working and trying to get better. Now, if he sat in the clubhouse and said, ah, I'm, I'll take five ground balls, right. that's not the case. This guy works hard. And, uh, you know, he'll be the first. And he, he steps forward. He says, i got to make that play. It's my fault. He does. Uh, I like his attitude. I like the way he works. And we just got to try to make him execute routine plays just a little bit better. And as you pointed out, stretching on certain plays a little bit means a lot. And uh, but but I know Bobby Dickerson's talked to him about that. I know that I've heard the conversation. So hopefully that can improve, and uh, we'll see what happens. Well, Bo, I got to tell you, our podcast in particular had a really good year. You were a big part of that with your contribution, staying loyal to us. We really appreciate it so much. After this All podcast, right, we take a break. We'll be back in baseball season. But thank you for everything. Have a great off season, Bo. Thank you so much, my man. Thanks, Bo. All right, Pleasure, guys, coach. Bye bye. All right, you guys take care. Bye bye. Very illuminating. We could have done an hour there. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Are we a wrap or where are we, Tom? We're about. We got about ten minutes left. Oh, we got ten yeah. minutes left. Uh, it's about fifty-five. All right, let's talk. Uh, well, let's pick up on the conversation with Bo. Your remarks, Wiz. I mean, I think a lot of those comments were spot on. Um, to be honest, I was surprised to hear him say how hard Hoskins was working. Yeah, me too. 
Um, <laughs> just because you think a professional athlete, if they're working that hard, they have to get better. And it just didn't seem to me that, you know, Hoskins was, was making the basic scoops and stuff. But just to hear them working that hard is a good thing. But you got to then wonder, when is that going to translate to actual results? Because, like, something has to change. If you're working hard, you got you got to get better. And in the playoffs, he had some really, really just... Maybe it was the pressure of the playoffs. Maybe right, just so write it off as the pressure of the playoffs why he struggled. I'm going to ask you a question. Is it more mental or is it more physical? When you look at the picture on the double play and you see Hoskins in this position, is that more physical or mental? Why not the full stretch? Well... That's a ha- that's a habit that he's I, yeah. had, and he ha- evidently hasn't broken it. That's I mean, I don't. We don't. I don't think we even know if he can make that stretch. Do we know if he has that flexibility? I mean, yeah, more than this, more than that. But it probably is mental. I don't expect to see him on the uh, gym gymnastics team. No, he won't be pulling Freddie Freeman soon. You know, no. anything like that. Yeah. No. But uh, who knows? In the off season, can he do? exercises to get more limber if he i'm going to say has a tight groin okay there i go but can he uh you can yeah. i would think that you could have some improvement at 30 yeah. years old you're not going to just turn right around and be yeah you know yeah, a gold glover yeah because i can live with this 25 ops i mean you know and i can live with this 70 extra base sets go find me another guy that gives you 70 extra base sets a year okay all right i don't want him batting second in the lineup either no, but remember when he was Reese Hoskins, he was 380 on base. This was the unique guy that gave you OPS. And the reason the OPS calculated that high was because his on base cal- It wasn't his batting average. He didn't bat 330. He, his batting average was low. Well, by modern standards, not maybe right. But the on base percentage was 370, 380. Therefore, with the extra base hits, he was a good player. I mean, I had no problems with Hoskins, you know. Now he's costing games. I, he comes back at first base. He'll It'd be, be nice to find out when there's two or three streaks if you notice that and move him right back up in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. Thompson will not change for cold streaks. And as I realized we managed at the amateur level. And he didn't have as many games. So he moved guys around. But it's common nowadays to see juxtaposition of lineups. It, it, it's... Uh, you, you know what what he's doing is more unique right now than the norm. I'm I mean it's uh, yeah I think I said that unique yeah the norm that's right but uh, he he just he just gets too loyal to players uh, and and I I think if you take somebody out of the two hole that's really struggling after a hundred bats and that's a good number by the way in my book a hundred bats I think you're doing the guy a favor JT you know if he's less pressure if, yeah if he's ten for a hundred. And you said, "Would it drop me down a little bit?" Is it? That's kind of like a break. You would think, yeah. I mean, yeah, the guys. Not, if it's not, if it's not working, you got to change something. See, you can look at it the other way too. When I suggested a while back about possibly moving Bohm up into that fifth slot and Castellano, yeah. now is Castellano is that going to mess with his psyche, which he already looked a little bit confused at times. Well, I mentioned an interesting point with the shortstop opinion. He's that good that his drs is going to be very high it's a, at the end of the day it's only about the net impact of games that you matter we don't jump into this with our fans be, viewers because they don't want us to talk heavy analytics but when a guy is uh, a five war player okay that's against replacement value it doesn't mean the guy just won you 89 games it doesn't work that way it's not that direct you know, so if you take Payne's DRS, defensive run saved next year, and he contributes a little bit offensively, and the other three do what we said, I think Schubert will have a better year in the regular season next year. You agree, guys? No, no, no? I, I don't. I think he will in the regular season. I think okay. if he moves his lineup, yes. I think the leadoff spot, no, I don't, I don't think Castellanos so. better than this year? Yes or no? Has to. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. He had 305 the year yeah. before yeah. with 34 home runs. I mean, so and it's there somewhere. Yeah. You don't and let's just roll the much. dice and say Harper doesn't have another catastrophic injury for the third year in a row. That's a lot more offense right there. So you don't need to spend that $35 million on Turner. I think you still get close to the run production. I know that sounds crazy. You have to break it out and look at war per player. And does it add up to the aggregate? You're only off a little bit, but then go pick up the DRS on Pena versus Turner, who has no range. 
It's not what people think. Uh, this has been demonstrated many, many years where they got rid of a guy, got the new guy. You know, last year with uh, the guy for the Pirates, it was the MVP that we had out in left field. McCutcheon. McCutcheon. We pick up McCutcheon. Yeah, and I said to a lot of people, the net net of that may not be all that much. As, as it was, he really tailed off, so my argument didn't hold up. Um, are the Eagles going to go undefeated? I don't think so. And I've looked at a couple stats which are really surprising. Everybody remembers the Dolphins, 17-0. and 0. Well, in 2007, the Pat Patriots were 18-0 and 0 and got beat in the Super Bowl. So just an example there that you're not infallible. And it's going to be ironic. And you, you've heard me say all year about the uh, New Orleans. And they're now 3-7. and seven. We got their number one draft mm-hmm. choice next year. I love rooting against New Orleans every week. Every so week. It, you know, it, little things like that. But uh, Well, that matters, though. I mean, oh, you're looking at a team that's deal. as good as the Eagles are with the high first-round draft pick. That gives you a lot of maneuverability oh, yeah. to have two number ones to maybe, if say the Saints had a sixth or seventh pick, along with your pick at the end, you can slide up to two or three. If you just pick somebody that you think is by far the best player at their position, which should help you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can put in a, a day one starter in there. That's going to be a, a high-level player. That's going to be huge in the NFL. Uh, my uh, daughter, Lauren, and, and her husband, Perry, son-in-law, uh, they did their yearly sojourn out to uh, Pittsburgh to see a game. They beat the Saints, and they were staying at the hotel where the New Orleans Saints were staying. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Perry's texting us. All of a sudden, I'm seeing a lot of large men in the elevator. They must be professional football players. And he, he sends me a text like, wow, when you see one, you know. You don't that, realize until you stand yeah. next to him as yeah, you're looking up. You don't. Yeah. you don't. When I was a kid, I, my dad used to do the financing for Jim Correa's gym in Cherry Hill. Nobody listening is going to know this story. Except Al does, right? Hell yeah. And uh, in back of the bowling alley. And I used to go in there as a nine-year-old. And Bob Brown would be in the weight oh. room with my friend Bill Kelly. And Bob Brown would be asking Bill and I at like 10 to spot him. Okay, well, what the hell we could do other than run and call for help, you know? And whatever he's bench pressing back then, all I remember is seeing those, those, those discs added on those big things. He was and a, it, enormous, and, not and big, and enormous. And the bars bending. And then he would do the squats. And it looked like he had all the weight in the weight room on these squats, right? And uh, so you saw these guys, you know, right there. You're in the weight room with them. And guys that were 6'7", 6'8", 380 back then. And uh, they probably weren't as in shape as today's player. I don't know. But, man, dear. And then some of the linebackers like uh, Ron Porter. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, he was in there. And every once in a while they played basketball or racquetball, you know, good guys, you know, but that was back in the uh, 60s. Probably didn't enjoy playing basketball with a ball. No, we were, well, they're, plus they were that, fairly physical. <laughs> uh, Jim Corey had to make the rims 11, 11, 11 rims. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and guess who comes in and lights it up one week? Sam Croge comes in and plays, right? Doesn't surprise me. Deadly Sam, you know? <laughs> are we ranting, bud? Yeah, that's or rant. Are we there? <laughs> Who's batting leadoff here? Want to start us off, Coach? All right, I'm going to go. We haven't talked about the Sixers at all. And MB's uh, performance last night, the first time in the history of basketball, scoring over 50 points where he had 59, his personal high, double digits in rebounds, eight assists and five uh, no, eight assists and seven blocks. No one has ever done it. I would have thought Mr. Chamberlain's name would have been there. But they still just don't look like a cohesive. I mean, he scored 26 out of their last 27 points in the last quarter. So it's going to be interesting when Harden comes back to see how they play together because uh, if Harden wants to control that ball in the middle, you lose a lot as far as the other people being involved. So... Stay tuned, but uh, I'm not particularly as high on them as I would have liked to have been. All right, I'm going to give you a, a new metric. O-War, O-War. He said, we've heard of O-War, offensive war before. No, it's Chuck's Oh, what a run O-War. You got it? I got it. Yeah, the season. And that would make you like the old great racehorse. Man, O-War. Yeah, right we're, we're, we're going to take a break after this podcast, but I can't tell the viewers Thank them enough for the crazy good numbers. The texts were fun. I'm going to miss it so much. Oh, my God. 
you guys, man, working with two a son and a great friend each week. Looking forward to it. The banner during the week. The Phillies getting to the playoffs, going to the World Series. The whole thing just in the aggregate was just too good. It was a dream. Um, and this was a part of it, having Boa call in and the other stuff it did. It was just, oh, what a run, man. I'm going to miss the energy of the podcast. I'm going to look forward to next year's base. We have some really good ideas for next year. And we would love to hear from you. If you have any thoughts, ideas, guests, yes, we're going to have more guests next year. Uh, once again, I'm at 609-828-5569. I'll talk baseball. I'll talk any sport, but primarily baseball with you in the offseason. And if you have any ideas for the podcast, including coming on the podcast, uh, you know, let's hear from you, okay? Because we're really looking forward to next year. In the meantime, we have a wedding. Good luck to the Wiz this week. And Emily, yep. great girl, family. Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's it's the best. <laughs> Sunday is called recover. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's the last kid, so we're done writing checks. Good, bud. Well, with kind of the way that's wrapped up, I'll pass on the rant rave this week. Just the timing feels like... Uh, it's a good way to kind of close Lee out. The last thing I'll just repeat, though, is yeah, this will be our last episode for for a while, unless you know we decide to get spontaneous if the Eagles are in the playoffs or something like yeah, that. You know, it was an option, but yes, yeah, so but essentially this will, uh, will barring any you know Eagles uh, decisions that we make, we'll be back probably February or March, something like that, as baseball starts to get ramped back up with spring training and all all that. And let me just add this: I hope you listeners. We really enjoy bringing this to you yeah, folks. Yeah. We hope that you enjoyed it, and uh, it's not the end. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And our national champion college is football. Knee jerk. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with uh, with Georgia. Yep, I'm Georgia too. All Georgia. Yeah. Georgia on my mind. There that will go. close us out. Thank you guys so much once again, and uh, I guess we're lending new meaning to. That's a wrap. Shouldn't it be somebody? He's like, what's his face? Did well, you use that when lady? you get your sushi and stuff? That's a wrap. <laughs> That's a wrap. I don't wrap. know. <laughs> now, I'll just end it with our website. As always, speaking of sportspod.com. If we do have any major updates, that's probably where we'll post something. Also, our TikTok at speaking of sports, Instagram, Twitter. You know, it's all speaking of sports. So you can all find us there. Grab, you know, drop a like, look at our videos, follow us for all more, some more information, stuff like that. But other than that, and thank you for an awesome things. season. We've had some inquiries. Is the podcast for sale? No. Are we looking for a major sponsor? No. There you go. That's a different answer to two questions, huh? All right. All right. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you all so much. <laughs>